Aye, and coming here outside Silverburn, like at the traffic lights, there was two wee guys obviously driving their dad's car, like a kind of white Merc, screaming down the road like proper fucking like 90 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour. Like a bat of hell? Like a right bat of hell. And the boy in the passenger seat was filming out the front, obviously filming it for their wee gay YouTube pals. Oh yeah. And I genuinely looked at them, and now that I'm an older man, I looked at them, I was like, I hope they die. <laughs> Like, I generally hope they crash and burn. Yeah, because you're now is... driving your camper van, aren't you? It's not like you're driving your old um, motor that you could have been like... That I could have. <laughs> <laughs> and that I'd almost kill someone. <laughs> but I think it's just so unsafe, especially next to a shopping centre. Hey. There's kids everywhere. And there's, these guys are just rolling up and down the road. That's how we do it, here in Pollock. But that also gets us to this episode, which is based on roads. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Scotland Lane vs. Evil, episode 42... 42. Is it 42? I don't know. Yes, it is. It's 42, yes. You're a bi-monthly, bisexual horror movie podcast. Does bi-monthly not mean every two months? I thought it meant every twice a month. I thought it was bi... Is it? Yeah, because bi-weekly would be twice a week. I'm right. Trust we me. might need to change the website because I think I changed it to your favourite bi-weekly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Folks are sitting rocking in a corner. There's no been a podcast for two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to need to check that. Yeah. Well, I'm Liam. Uh, and I'm Scott. <laughs> Sorry, I had a mouthful of beer there and it was delicious. Uh, and we're going to talk about In Fear and Dead End. Dead. What do you start with? Um, my notes are In Fear first because that is the order I watched them. In Fear, let's go for it. Have you got any... I've got some information. It's um, from 2013, directed and written by Jeremy Lovering. Stars, um, and this is a difficult name to say, um, Ian de Casetaker. He's actually my friend, so I can pronounce it. Uh, okay. I need to actually read it, though. All right. Ian de Casetaker. Ah, oh, de Casetaker, all right. Uh, he was in, in Fear, uh, Filth, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV, a decent movie called Lost River, and the movie that Liam was in, The Little Vampire. And he was my good, good friend from drama school. This is my... Uh, really? No, he never actually spoke oh, right, to okay. me. They were the, but they was were, it the same thing? Yeah, they were the but, cooler but, kids but, in the cause, class. Because he was actually good and getting movies? Uh, no, fuck off. Uh, well, did you I get an audition for an ASDA advert? Aye, but we actually have since found out that may not have been an ASDA advert. It's just one of those pedos for Hamilton uh, trying, yeah, trying yeah, to groom me again. Uh, it may have been a, a grooming <laughs> pedo ring. Which seems to just be how seems my life to be, goes. It seems to be, I think that there is obviously a, a driving force putting you towards the pedos. The fact and that the that your parents. No, the fact that I was sexy as fuck as a child. They deny it. They deny all knowledge of, of me being groomed. Of course they will. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> um... Right, so this this I've I've I haven't put down a synopsis, but basically this movie is um two young early twenty somethings, um going on a date to a music festival in Ireland. It's I think it's supposed to be set in Ireland, mm-hmm. um and it starts off with him phoning her to ask her if she wants to go on the date to the music festival. Yep. My first note is in the thing he says, "I know I met you at the bar last night. Do you want to go to a music festival with me this weekend?" Like, like, so he's just calling a random that he met in a night out in a bar, asking her all the way to another island on a on a uh, air quotes not date. I was like, all right, fair news. If you flip that on its head and you meet a nice girl in a bar, and she phones you the next day and says, "Do you want to come to a music festival with me?" You're going to say yes. Uh, well, it's just creepy because it's a guy asking a girl. I think it's creepy because it's a movie. If it was in real life, you'd be like, "I okay." In a movie, you're like, "Something's going to happen here. I'm going to get chopped up into pieces." Or I'm going to go to a music festival and have the best time ever. Take some exercise and 
takes some ecstasy. <laughs> Multiple Show your age there, Scott. <laughs> Multiple ecstasies. Taking some of the old ecstasies. <laughs> Uh, so you've already ruined my second note which I was going to be like uh, so uh, this guy yeah, he's your pal isn't he Liam? Yeah, yeah he's your pal you worked together a good few years ago didn't you yeah? Do you um, uh, still keep in touch him and the other guy from Little Vampire the blonde boy who was also in uh, Monica the Glen were in the older drama class so they'd been before us but I'd meet them at the vending machine I say meet them they, were they would the be standing machine. at the vending machine where you would also um, be standing at the vending machine yeah and then I didn't know who they were no. but what was gone is they get picked for that movie the same day that I get picked but they're in a different class so they obviously thought we need older boys so they picked them if I had just been born a year before for I'd have been in that class I'd have been picked I used to think that as well I used to think that I could I should have been Harry Potter because I kind of looked like him when I was in primary school you do look like him not anymore no you do now still. I look like um, Chris Pine or you look like an old Haggard maybe Harry like Potter I look like Haggard Haggard no an old Haggard Harry Potter well as in Harry Potter it's had too many ecstasies I don't know um, anyway so this movie I think this is the second time I'd watched it and I think I caught it once I think randomly on the horror channel Uh, I didn't know anything about Mm. it it was just on I think it might even be Night Shift and I was just looking for something to take past time and uh, I watched this and it was it's actually a good random find Um, Lena found it in a shop and just was like oh let's watch this yeah that'll be shit it looks shit so I enjoyed it yeah. it's a it, very clever horror it's well it's it's um both of these movies is maybe I'll try and round up my descriptions on them both of them I remember them differently as in both watches you when remember I, differently when I watched when I watched both of these back uh, on what day oh, was sorry, it? So on Saturday night uh, Sunday night for this episode I got to the end of them and think oh fuck is that how that happens and then the same as we did at the end I was like oh shit is that is that how that ends I'd completely remembered them differently. It was like, um, what do they call it? The Bernstein Bears theory, the Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. You know how like some people believe that Nelson Mandela died like years... Is he dead already? Yeah, he's dead. He died right. a few years ago. Right, so people believe that he died years before that. So they call it the Mandela effect. It's remembering different memories. There's a thing, it's, part of it, it's the Bernstein Bears. This is more American because I don't even know what that is. But people remember it as being the Bernstein Bears. And now if you look at all the publications, it's the Bernstein Bears. It's like spelled differently in the Latin. No, that's not how it used to be spelled. And there's wee things like that that are just slight changes. So it was like kind of these movies were kind of like that for me. That's like me growing up thinking I've been groomed, but yeah. it turns out that no, I've that's, actually that's never just, been groomed. Uh, that's just a uh, psychological memory block. <laughs> um, right, so where does it start off? It starts off, she's in a toilet with a glory hole in it. Do you catch that? I did not. Yeah. I usually, nothing, I usually spot yeah, nothing came through but yeah, yeah. certainly it was and it zooms in on it now this is, I wrote this down because I was thinking I'm going to work this movie out there's a big quote on the wall like in graffiti it says if a man harms an innocent person the evil will fall back on him until the fool is destroyed I was like it's like a foreshadowing when you get a scene like that and I was thinking yes I'm going to so work this movie out but then I don't even know if it did make sense or I certainly forgot about it until I've just read that note again now yeah I don't think that comes into it they might have just been in a genuinely yeah. graffiti bathroom it just happened to just happened to be happened well, to that looks it. like a cool quote let's zoom in on that we should say, sounds like the, that sounds like the Scott Ellis school of filmmaking that's exactly what I'd do we should say about spoilers in case you've never listened to this before if you want to watch these movies go watch them first because we spoil the shit out of them mm-hmm. we've actually got very little respect for no spoilers yeah <laughs> so that bit in the in the bar where the guy bumps into him knocks his drink their main character still buys him and his friends 
a drink. Do we see that or do we just hear him talking about it? We hear him talking about right, it. Okay, I was going to say because there's another body and affect that. We don't see that scene. <laughs> we, hear, we hear him talking about it and you're like, do you know what? That is how it works. But if you're against a big group, even though that guy's obviously being the dick, yeah. you still would do anything to, to, your country country. to neutralise yeah. it. Yeah. But then I was thinking, do you know what? You should just fucking meet, either buy me a drink or I'm going to fuck out everyone he's. Because if you're the crazy guy, yeah. his pals aren't going to want to fight you. Because who wants to take on a group of like But then the guys? thing is, though, see if you, if you play that, um, the crazy guy scene, uh-huh. you need to hope that not one person in that group is also a crazy guy. You also need to hope and be ready that you need to take it the extremist level whether that be starting throwing punches or whether it be ripping your clothes off and screaming at the top of your, your voice with a I'm helicopter in your dick so they run away from you I'm always, I'm always ready for that um, <laughs> that was me actually doing that by the way if anybody was wondering um, but I actually sitting too close <laughs> right, so basically they, they're going to this music festival aren't they? And, and he says um, yeah we're going to meet everybody tomorrow I don't know if they tell you a date but let's assume it's a Saturday they're driving already on the Friday and he says we've booked, I've booked a hotel for us on this non-day air quotes which um, creep alarm goes yeah, yeah. woo 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 creep <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the list for uh, the, the brochures in the glove box which she looks at a little slice of paradise and he says we've just to sit out here till 7 o'clock and somebody will show us the way then this jeep appears behind them and just starts tanking it down the back <laughs> and they're like oh that must be it we'll follow them and, and it's just like who the hell would say okay in that? Would you, fo- would you just follow a random jeep? If a jeep came behind you, I'd get out of the car and go and see the person face to face and say, all right, mate, are you the one I'm following to this random hotel? Because clearly signs or directions just aren't enough. I don't really like social situations, so I probably wouldn't want to get out of the car and speak to anybody. Yeah, because I'd probably you'd, follow. You'd be going through the internet and it would be saying uh, stipulations for hotel, uh, hot tub, double bed, must uh, meet with a random guy in Jeep to find directions. Nah, let's keep going. <laughs> Same, I'd get pizza delivered at. Can you leave it at the end of the drive? That's what I've done once. Typed on the uh, instructions for driver, leave her on a doorstep and get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> did he still deliver he put, it, he put it on the floor but he chapped the door and he just was looked at me like deadpan he's like it's on the doorstep but I still need to see you get it how's <laughs> <laughs> that fair this here's a tip <laughs> that's exactly why he knocked the door because he wanted a tip <laughs> that's the one thing I like about online ordering these days paying the card because you don't need to tip them yeah, I still tip them but then I've actually realised that just eat put like fucking £2.10 delivery and I've still been tipping them so everybody's been delivering to my house has been going away with three, four, five. Ah, you still pay delivery charge. Yes, and then you tip on top of that. They must be bringing and being a delivery driver. Um, so that you know they're driving. Th- so they follow this jeep and they're driving through the back roads and instantly it's like, it's very independent in the way that mm. it's um, one car driving through a crazy like skinny back roads. It's like farm roads, private roads. It must be private roads they're driving. Yeah, is it like as if it's the proper arse end of nowhere? Yeah, there's, there's no nothing. there's no passing places. It's not a proper public road. And I think once you start to see that they're getting lost they're following the signs of the hotel and then I think they get round in circles um, but it's almost like the colour changes uh-huh. and it becomes darker almost instantly I don't know if that just because it's you know whatever kind of budget it had I, I couldn't find a budget for it so I don't know if it was just the budget and the just time constraints that just had to film it as it got darker uh-huh. um, or if it was on purpose because it almost seemed I didn't, I didn't rewind the movie back to check but it seemed like it felt like it was a seasonal change as well it felt as if there was more greenery on the trees and then eventually it got darker and it looked like the trees were now kind of in winter. It felt more gothic. Yeah. Uh, you know, to us, I thought that was on purpose that it was. Yeah. It was creating that kind of foreboding 
it's all darker now we are isolated in this yeah. car with yeah. these two people uh-huh. what, um, how long would it take it take you before you had a shit in yourself probably quite quickly uh, I th- I'd talk a big game but the whole time I'd be like right no if I don't find something soon I'm going to just call it a ball and cry like at this point I was still this is where my false memories of this movie well I was expecting it to be supernatural so I'm like supernatural stuff wouldn't happen but like, where would your line be of getting properly lost or following the signs to this hotel and it keep putting you in circles and you keep coming back to the same bit the same sign you? if I get back to it on the third time I would that'd be me I've got a minute this one I decided that the film had to be a nice couple at the very beginning of a relationship that they both want to be in or fancy being in that's why they had to be like almost on a first date or two weeks knowing each other or whatever because I reckon an established relationship would argue straight away when they couldn't find the hotel like yeah. I would just lose my, I would just be like like if Lauren would be like <laughs> this is your I fault I, <laughs> they, uh, turn left for the side I was like oh, I already did turn left and I'd be raging already I'd be zooming I'd be, I'd be tanking it around the back roads like 80 mile an hour because I'd be so annoyed I would just drive in a straight line I wouldn't turn anymore I would just drive straight and keep driving or reverse just, just get into the field and just be like that right, right to Rome just, until a farmer comes just, and tells me to go to his field just keep going until eventually I, 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 you're going to hit something eventually so there that <laughs> so, so see when you're, you're kind of you're driving about these backwards the jeep comes flying back up would you then shit yourself because it didn't stop it just tanks it passed on the back road would you then think there's somebody out to get you or at least pranking you I wouldn't ever think it was a prank because it's quite a it's quite a large scale it's, it's, too, it's too it's too elaborate to be a prank don't think MD in my life would spend that much time trying to prank me yeah if, <laughs> I should be really worried just to do <laughs> so I wouldn't think it was a prank I would think I would instantly think it was the guys at the bar pranking you yeah well not pranking me like, quite a kick aye right um, <laughs> see, is it called a prank was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking out to try and murder you oh what a prank uh, they go through they go through the woods like almost to try to walk through the woods and then they hear uh, a car alarm and they go down the hill and it's his car and they can't find the car keys this is again when I thought the movie was playing with like non-linear timelines I thought mm-hmm. and my, how I remembered it was that they went through the woods and found the car from the past and that's why they couldn't find the keys and then boom they're the line on the ground behind the car that it didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me like watching it didn't it made sense like it, I was expecting it to play with time and like, and then I was trying to remember because I know that there was a guy jumps out at them at the end. I was thinking, is it like spoiler? Ian, is it, I, I, I don't know what we're about to get there. Is it Ian the case case sticker jumping the out? The jumping out on her. Like, is it like does it fold in on itself? Kind of like um, coherence or something like that. Coherence is exactly what I was thinking. In my exactly. Head. I didn't think it during the movie. Oh, when I'm trying to explain it. When like, you try to explain it, I'm thinking. Uh, this feels like the episode with coherence Aye. and oh no it's not coherence what's the one we done with Donnie Darko and that other time travel one with the two guys whatever it's called if you go back and listen to that episode oh yeah um, I forget it. Aye, that's right um, my brain's still fried from that it's the time travel one. Oh, when they get in the box and that yeah Aye, that was uh, that was Aaron that put us on yeah. both that wasn't it so my brain's still fried from that so the way you're talking just now it's frying my brain again so let's, yeah, all right, back, okay, let's skip okay. past your false false views right I guess they, they drive up to this wee cabin and there's, there's a sign that says keep out right Yep. and they leave it the first time but then they come back to it I guess with a keep out sign that little cabin and caravan would be scary enough especially when they come at night and there's a wee kind of porch light being switched on mm-hmm. would you go in when it was getting dark 
two that are in chat uh, door, would you try and look for help at the, ke- the creepy Jeppo get out sign? No, if I'd been lost for that long, the first time I came, I'd, I'd have done it. Because I think I keep out sign is fair enough. But when it's a matter of life and death, you don't need to keep out. Most people will be understanding of that. In my world. Yeah. <laughs> so they walk up to this thing and, and she can recognise that there was no sign on the door before but now there's a sign stuck to the door and it's, it shows up and it's uh, a map. Um, she brings the map out and he's like, he says to her, give me the map for two seconds. I was like, mansplainer. <laughs> Such a third world feminist I am sitting here. Um, so then the, the map tells them how to get back to the main road and this is where the, I think the characters make some ridiculous um, decisions because he says oh, yeah, we can get back to the pub and then we can get phone them and they can come and get us again she's like phone who he's like the hotel she's like I'm, I'm like I'm with her <laughs> just get back to the motorway and get in a fucking travel lodge and Aye. just see pictures of Lenny Henry telling you how comfortable the beds are and that's it <laughs> enough for this hotel sack the hotel I still don't think like if you're a girl okay okay Something and the guy just made, says let's just go to a hotel for one night before the music festival you wouldn't go my suspension of disbelief is completely gone at that point. But then maybe maybe she wanted to um, get pumped. I know, but because she's it's well within her right to want to be pumped. Continue. Yes. I actually, I'd very little, but I have no point to make. Um, it. Tell me your pal's name again. Ian DeCastica. He is he's an not example. A, he's not a pal. He, he doesn't he, know who I am. He is an example of a central Scottish accent that is not cringeworthy to hear, but is also polite and understandable. Because he's been in movies where it actually has to be understandable. Like you know how when you hear you hear Scottish accents that either you McGregor does a good one, and Ian De Castiga does a good one. Everybody else is shit. Like us. Aye. Maybe we should start talking like you and McGregor and Ian De Castiga. I would gutted if that's not his name. I think I already uh, speak like Ian De Castiga because he sounds like me. I think you sound like Ian De Castiga on ten ecstasies. <laughs> <laughs> ten ten multiple ecstasies. Um. It, it then transpires that a guy they pick up a creepy guy I know sorry I'm taking too long to describe this it's actually a really good movie there's so many there's actually so many points to talk about and then there's a creepy guy they pick up and then he's Irish should we just spoil it or have you got anything else to like um, a couple think? of questions just to be just to be talk about how getting stuck in a car would be the worst thing is it about to be outside in the air because this movie really has a good claustrophobic feel because it's tight inside the car the cinematography yeah. is outstanding for being the majority of the movie you're in one car with two people and it's low budget so it probably is a car it's not like a sound stage where half the car's built and then they go to a different half the car it's on this car and it makes you feel as you say really really claustrophobic and the whole dark trees fucking everything makes you feel oh I'm I'm on this road with these yeah these fuckers. Uh, then they pick up the Irish guy who is um saying that they're chasing him as well and you you don't trust him straight away. The girl kind of trusts him, says we should pick him up. But the guy's like seems suspicious, but picks him up anyway. To transpires that he is the one who's doing all all the carry on and pranking them. But then he makes them. <laughs> you, you can't call it a prank <laughs> when there's like murder involved. It's <laughs> not thre- a prank. <laughs> he, he threatens to kill one of them and asks <laughs> and says the girl pick who who's to die or I'm. I'm killing you and she shouts April Fools yeah, she chooses the guy uh, so it puts them in their wits end although I think that that whole end part does fall slightly flat and I don't feel as threatened at that end part you know um, and then it just flicks flicks round that 
she finds where the hotel should be and it's just some old Cala graveyard and this this young Irish guy's supposed to have been carrying out millions of pranks on so many different people because all the cars are like, well sorry millions of murders <laughs> all these different people and it just to me it just seems as if it's it's a bit far fetched at the end and you've got the whole um, she then he then he chases after she's back in the car and drives away and he makes her drive really really fast like properly pumping the engine and it transpires that he's put the guy in the boot mm-hmm. with like uh, the, the, the exhaust. exhaust pipe taped to his mouth, and it's quite it's quite effective end. But I mean, it was like so you can see this movie isn't supernatural. It's just more. I thought it's quite a it's quite a brutal end. That that reveal is harsh. Yeah. When you see him in the boot. Yeah. And, and she didn't even try to revive him or nothing. She just accepted he was Pam Bree. She did also say that well he should die anyway, so she got her wish. So maybe she's the worst one at all. That's not the Irish guy. I possibly would say that she is the worst one. In a situation like that, you do look out for number one. If it was you, would you have chose you or the girl? You've only just met her. You like her enough to take her to a music festival? Do you like her enough to die? Um, I think uh, I think I'd have probably done a better job at kicking his head in because they have a fight halfway through it. I'd have done a better job at kicking his head in. I'd have ran over him like ten times. <laughs> This is a warning to all you guys thinking of pranking me in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't you ever prank me in the woods. You want to know what really annoys me in this movie? It's, and it, only, it rains for like five minutes of the whole movie, but the windy wipers are on for the whole second half, and they literally it's a dry windy. Have you ever heard window wipers rubbing uh, on a dry window? Horrid. That is like to, to nails on a chalkboard to some people, it grips my very soul, and I just was like, turn the windy wipers off! It was so frustrating. I think that's true to life though because there's many a times I drive around and I keep I just keep getting annoyed and I don't realise why I'm annoyed until I realise it's not raining and my window wipers are going <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that just needs to go on for a bit too long or you've got really dry windows mm. you need to moisten those windows Scott. Just I will I do <laughs> I, I, um, I just like to get a big sweaty guy just to rub his back sweat on my windows like a car wash yeah you get anything else about this? Or should we yeah. sum it up? Sum it up. Uh, I really like this movie. It's one of those ones that's got a kind of really simple premise, a little twist, um, but it's executed brilliantly uh, with great acting as well. Tremendous direction and talented cinematography. I'm sure there are a bunch of unanswered questions in this movie. In fact, I'm definitely sure there are because I've asked a couple of them already. Uh, and watching it for a second time, I thought the movie definitely played out differently from how I remembered. I thought it was a supernatural, non-linear time movie. Um, so... If that movie doesn't actually exist, then I'll write it. Cool. In fear, I'll give it a seven ballsy first dates out of ten, but it is a ball here off an eight. I agree with most of what you're saying. Very clever. Very isolated and puts you in the scene. Again, brilliant cinematography, especially for something that I think is low budget. But again, yeah. like you couldn't tell. Yeah, that's it was that low budget, it didn't even have a budget on Wikipedia, it didn't have it on IMDb. Great acting. If only I was born a year earlier, it could have been me. Well, um Ian de Kastica could have been on this episode for an interview talking about this movie, but um he didn't return your texts or your calls, Liam, so Ian, you've missed out your chance to be on this episode with us. I don't even think I had a phone at that time, Scott, I was like twelve. <laughs> no, I did have a phone, maybe. Who knows? I would give it a Seven, very strong seven. It's enjoyable. Yep. So, dead end. Dead end. Is anybody else just like the least bit freaked out that we are the only car on the road right now? It's 7.30 already, darling. 
Yes, I'm aware of that, Laura. I thought we'd come to a junction by now. Stop! I saw a woman in the forest. Cool, Dad's tripping out. Oh my God! What the hell was that? <laughs> in the woods. Don't come over here for God's sake. I'm pregnant. I smoke pot. Talk about a merry fucking Christmas. What if she gets it first? Who? The lady in white. Don't worry. She's dead. Dead End, written and directed by Jean-Baptiste Andrea and Fabrice Can Canepa. I think uh, Fabrice has only done this movie and Jean-Baptiste has done a bunch of other things, but nothing that um, I really recognised. Stars Ray Wise, um, listeners should definitely know him from the Twin Peaks, Robocop and Jeepers Creepers. Um, Is he also in the OC? Uh, or 90210? Possibly. As one of the rich people's dads? He'd, he'd quite a few. He's not in like the main dad for the OC, certainly not. Yeah, with the big eyebrows. Is him? No, it's not. Alright. Um, it really? star yeah, promise, promise you. It's uh, <laughs> it stars Mick Kane, who was in uh, Sister Sister, Saved by the Bell, or Drag Me to Hell, some great movies. Uh, Alexandra Holden uh, was in a movie called Hot Chick with um, Bob Schneider, uh, Rob Schneider, sorry. There uh, it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. Uh, and she you know you will see. But uh, I felt as if. Alexandra Holden had a face that I should recognise, but when I looked at IMDb, there was nothing stood out to me that says definitely. There was a couple of movies I'd seen, but nothing that says absolutely. Uh, it also stars uh, Lynn Shea, who is now horror movie royalty, being in uh, Insidious 1, 2 and 3, Ouija 1 and 2, but is obviously in... Um, Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City, and there's something about Mary. She was also in Nightmare on Elm Street as well, one of her kind of first roles. So, well, not a first role, she was been in it for ages. She's she quite old. plays the old kind of bitchy woman and everything. Much yeah. like her from Donnie Darko. And I like to think... And those jeans are too tight! I can see your penis! <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that, when you suggested Dead End, mm -hmm. I was like, I know the cover, I know mm -hmm. I know the movie, I've never seen it, I've never... Like, watching it, I was going, right, I've kind of solved this quite quickly, which I was surprised at. Usually movies like that, I think I've solved and I've not. Yeah. I did get this quite quickly, what had happened. But I've never, because at the end of the day, I started to think about have I actually seen this? Because that's the only way I would get it yeah. right. Never ever seen it. It's just one of the movies that has always been there. Yeah. In the back, or like, it's always been there in the side, and I've never actually took the time to watch until now. Yep. It's an estimated budget of about 900,000. It only made 52,000 its opening weekend in the UK, but the trivia says that it smashed in DVD sales, earning over 77 million in the US. So, basically, it's about a car family heading to uh, their in-laws. The dad's driving it to his in-laws, so the mum's family, for Christmas. And they just end up on a kind of a road that just does not end. Mm -hmm. And then it's how, how it transpires from there. I, I thought straight away, the, the brother is giving the sister's boyfriend a hard time. I was like, he looks way too old to be acting that immature. He literally looks like he's 40 years old. As far as worst characters go... Richard, the guy I talk about, is by far the worst character ever in a movie. movie. He's just in any movie. Everything about him, 
where he goes like it smells like ass and then comes pie and you're like mate you're like 25 exactly he's what, way what, too old why? to be acting that immature and then like within the first 10 minutes he goes out takes a poster of a topless bird pins it to a tree and starts wanking and you're like that's not real yeah I've got that. I was like oh I teenagers wank all the time okay I get it but I don't understand why in the situation he would walk off into the woods for a wank by lighter glow Chuck it into the tree. And Christmas not to mention Eve's the fact family. that he's not to mention no, Christmas Eve. <laughs> Jesus is watching him. Not to mention he's uh, he's he's wank acting is quite annoying. <laughs> Actually, I thought that was the most true life part of the movie. Uh, it does beg the question though, where do you draw the line in public masturbation? Like not really public. Where do you draw the line in masturbation? You do it in your own house, you do it in like a hotel or a house you're staying at or a flat. Would you have if you were camping, would you chug in a tent? I mean, what I mean, why why am I in a tent? Who's with me in the tent? And it doesn't matter. Is there anybody camping tents adjacent to me? Yeah. I certainly tell you what I wouldn't be doing is if I was in the woods having my lighter glow wank to the <laughs> set of boobs because it's all he's got. Um, my trousers and boxers would not be at my ankles. I just have enough to get you know the old the the Johnson. <laughs> <and that laughs> <would it. laughs> See, I knew you were going to say Johnson. <laughs> we. Well, the first year we went to Tina Park, my pal Kenny, he's in France, he wouldn't hear this. <laughs> uh, it was an old boy that was kind of annoying us. And he just kept throwing so Kenny into his tent when he wasn't there and took a wank into a foot salad oh, tin and left God. it sitting in the tent in the baking sun all day. <laughs> so when the boy came back at like 9 o'clock at night, his tent just absolutely reeked of stale fruit salad semen. That is possibly the most disgusting <laughs> story I've ever heard because as far as I'm led to believe is true oh it's 100% that true. is disgusting <laughs> it was like one of those you see like the Del Monte the little green uh, it's like the tin the ring pool the pineapple rings it was one of them you just wanked on it up. and left the tin open and left the tin open in the middle and of the so head. did he did he charge himself up before he went in and just like got in for the end or did he K- sit in there for ages Kenny in fact I really shouldn't use his name <laughs> my my friend also used to like get English just got up so he was going to the toilet and just got to the toilet and just have a wank <laughs> right. which is then where I was going where would I draw the line? It probably would be like a hotel room. And I thought, but surely they'll be the same. But now that I know this guy... So potentially then, this just proves that a character such as the brother in this movie does maybe. exist. Yeah, yeah. Alright then, so there, there we go. Um, do you want to know how I remember this this movie? I bought this movie X Rental from Blockbuster. I've still got this sticker on the back from from Blockbuster right. video. Um, and it's like, that was back in the day. I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners, if, if any, at least like, all... <laughs> can remember video shops uh-huh. they were the best like, it seems to be something that's, that um, it was a worldwide enjoyment that everybody can remember video shops everybody can remember browsing for ages looking at all the covers looking at different sections mm-hmm. uh, probably spent a hell of a lot of time in the horror section I know I did um, and it's and, and then just you know planning your weekend viewing through, throughout that and so buying uh, like I said I've got this one extra rental probably cost me like 2 or 3 pound but anyway, which is probably expensive for a second time like DVD, yeah, but but see, everyone that says though that they missed the old days video shops, which I also do, if we'd actually got off our asses and went to video shops more, they would still be there. It's everyone that's, like, including me, we're lazy as fuck, so we'll go, oh, we missed the video shop. But I also we think... Never, uh, uh, we contributed it to not existing yeah, anymore. I think also as, as adults, we both enjoy owning things, so yeah. I wouldn't really want to take them back to the video shop. Yeah, that's true. Did you think at the start when they're talking in the car, I know we're still delaying about the start of this movie, 
he's talking about Marlon Manson. He's like, oh, dad, it's he's a guy. Did you think it was going to go into that story that everyone knows that Marlon Manson removed, yeah, removed his ribs to suck his own dick? Because every playground in the world got that story, and yet it's not true. It's amazing, isn't it? I hey. thought, I was like, when he's like, uh, at first I thought when he said, uh, Mer- is Marilyn Manson? Uh, well, she, it's a guy. Hurt? Marilyn's a guy? <laughs> I was like, uh, well, you know, third wave feminists sitting here, you can do so what? You can be called whatever you want. Or not even uh, feminist, like personist, like humanist, like you can, guys can be called Marilyn. But then I also thought, what was John Wayne's real name? I can't remember now. Marilyn. Marilyn, was yeah. it? Uh, so, uh, while Lynn Shea is brilliant and insidious and in Ouija and in Drag Me to Hell and even something about Mary, she's also very good at playing a very annoying character, which she is in this movie. She is annoying as fuck. I think she's annoying in every movie. <laughs> right. I, I, I do. It's because she plays it so well, I do. Every character she plays she's, great on me. She's got one of those voices that is instantly recognisable. Yeah. Like, see how in Insidious 2, when they tried to go back in the past and they used a young girl and then they put her, they dubbed her voice over it and you're like, this just looks so yeah. shit. <laughs> I think this movie's got some pretty good scares. Uh, I think it reveals enough to you as you go on. Um, It's like, it, it's got the benefit of, because of the way that the, the story kind of ends and the, the way it, te- it reveals it's got that way of revealing more and more to you through multiple watches like you can see clues at the start that mm. explain everything to you second watch I mean obviously when you know how it ends you can you know you where, it, where yeah. the whole thing gets fucked up it gets fucked up right at the very start would um, you call it a horror? when I was younger I probably called it a horror now I'd probably just call it um, a comedy boring piece of shit because I went into it expecting a horror and within the first five, ten minutes, I was like, right, I'm not meant to be taking this seriously. So, I think it's too... If it's trying to be a horror, which I don't think it is, I think it's probably trying to be a kind of black comedy. It's too comedic. Yeah. And it's ways with the guy wanking, the mum when she eventually starts losing the plot, yeah. and she's like eating the pie and drawing pictures, which is hilarious, but it's not what I expected yeah. going in. The, um, I mean, like I said, they're kind of small scares that... that that come up, um, I um, I mean there's there's comedic, but then it also loses some effect in some of the scares as well. There's a point where they drive up and uh, there's a pram, uh, mm-hmm. or baby carriage they call it, just left randomly in the middle of the road. Nobody seems too fussed about this. The 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 teenager, the the boy, I think he is he's asking why no one's freaked out about the baby carriage being on the road, or he was asking why nobody's freaked out that the road's never ending just before it. Anyway, he gets out of the car and goes to investigate mm-hmm. it as if he's not bothered. And then pretends to get sucked into it for a laugh. But what they do is play a monster noise over the top of that. Which uh, seems daft. Che- cheapens it because it didn't actually happen. But they play it to try and Aye. scare us watching. Whereas he's, he's at it. So that means that means that the movie knows that it's not real. real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, w- I wish I'd watched it years ago. Because I think I would have enjoyed it more. Now, as I get kind of older, I was like, this is missing on a lot of a lot of cylinders uh, there's some good wee bits in it but the story is quite predictable the characters although some of them are well acted apart from Richard who's just a douche uh, it just got a bit it was too comedic it was too it was too daft for me to really enjoy I've written here that um, her brother's a psychopath now I don't remember what it was he said to her for this but it's, a, it's when she goes into shock her boyfriend's the first person to go missing and apparently he's, he gets left like chopped up into pieces but she sees him getting driven away in a black car 
Um, so she sits and she just staring into space. Now, I don't remember what the brother says to her. I says, her brother's a psychopath, even if he's just trying to get a reaction so she'll stop staring into space. It's probably something sexual. I can't remember what he's saying to you. I can't remember either. Watch the movie, and if you watch the movie <laughs> and see the brother being a psychopath, let me know. <laughs> Did we say that they crashed the car? Well, you don't think they crashed the car, he swerved to avoid crashing the car. I, I thought, oh yeah, true. And he wakes Have up thinking he just no? fell asleep. That's how Let's just get with it. They, they're driving, they swerve thinking they've crashed, they keep driving down the same road, and it turns out that they are all dead. There's, um, <laughs> yeah, because the, the dad starts seeing um, the, the woman, and the, like a ghost woman, and then she eventually comes, when she turns up, she takes somebody away to be dead. Um, and you see, she sees the brother, she bites his lip off, and then... Which is quite well done. And then strips effects, off. Yeah. And then he craps himself when he sees her boobs. You don't actually see why, what she looks like, she's mangled. And then I'm thinking, why does this girl seem to bring them death? And I say, I'll wait to the end and see if it does answer these questions. I watch it to the end, and no, it doesn't right. answer these questions, because then she's like, second last to be taken away. So she is also involved. That's how the that's the person that turns out that she's the person they crashed into, a mum and baby, and there she's also dead. So why the hell does she seem to know more about this haunted road afterlife than the family does? And also, how do they know what she looks like if they just crashed into her and all died? There's a lot of really and for a comedy, it doesn't even matter if there's plot holes, but there's a lot of stuff that yeah. you go that's not, it's just not adding up. As like. Um, and I also never really remember how many sexual references are in the movie there's a lot of things that just seem pointless like the brother eventually dies and the mum's like ah, he's not your son I was fucking your best yeah, friend and yeah, shagging yeah. him and then then um, she gets hurt or she goes, she loses the plot and jumps out the car um, and it is at this point it is actually quite funny Aye. Um, she smashes open her brain so she starts touching her brain and having an orgasm it's another <laughs> sexual reference and it seems as if it's just too much. It seems it's all just. I mean, for the for, for the for the wanking. I think the psychopath, but I think he's been sexual towards his sister. And then you get all the the chat about the affair because the the boy's not her real uh, son and all that kind of stuff. It's just seems as if it's all. It seemed out of place. But then, for how I remember it, the the, the reveal of that is like the the dad that's been in it the whole time is saying to his daughter, "I don't know who that guy she's saying is. She doesn't know anyone called that." And then it's like a big emotional reveal that oh he was actually my friend and. He was going to have an affair and I told him he should do it because you only live once. It's like, what is this movie trying to be? Yeah. Is it trying to be scary? Is it trying to be funny? Is it now trying to be emotional? It's just, it's too, they're, they're juggling too many balls and they've dropped them. Yeah, they don't, I don't think they had a clue what it was they were supposed to do. But this point in the movie, um, I think we've just got the dad and daughter left and I was like, this requires like the, the you know, the times two fast forward button. Yeah. It's like, I was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, this, like, rubbish that they're chatting but they um, after Lynch dies they put in the back seat and then they pull the, the sheet off at one point I was like that's actually pretty creepy because yeah. she looks like grey and she looks almost dead I was like oh, that's pretty good um, the, right, so there, there is, there's an obvious scare in this movie it comes at the end when the dad's back in the wee shed and he's lighting things when he's like using yeah. the matches to light things up it's so obvious that the woman well the, it's, so, it's obvious something's going to happen the blonde woman appears the match goes out darkness lights the match and she's up behind him it's not cheap though it's, good, it's well done. Yeah, that, it's well that, done that one is well done it's very smooth very well executed and it's pretty scary um, so again as we're just asking towards the end here like so before everybody loses their mind before they die because the dad goes mental punches fuck out his daughter and then uh, and See, everybody goes at this point I just went right they're all dead they, yeah. they've crashed the car this is just purgatory yeah. and then the black hearse that's coming and taking each other I thought it was death I just thought that was the end yeah, now actually crossing over but 
Have you got anything else to say before we uh, go? No, to I'm, on the, I'm on the reveal, the twist end day. Right. The, the twist reveal, I felt just then added way more questions. I already had yeah. a thousand. They added another thousand on it. And I was like, this movie, it's as if five guys have written a script all slightly different. I mean, let's just all fit in the same movie. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I've got one works. kind of question, uh, kind of answer that works with the reveal. Um, will, will we give the reveal? Yeah, uh, so basically, it turns out that the daughter is in uh, a coma in the hospital. The guy that found them and reported the accident has absolutely terrible hair, but it also happens to be that he is the kind of undertaker looking guy that's driving the hearse car. He calls um, himself the collector. Yeah. You see at the start, she gets out the car and tries to rehearse a line where she's going to dump the boyfriend. Uh-huh. And then you see the boyfriend's also planning to propose in a different scene, so you think there's a, a conflict of interest. And then later on in the movie, she says she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's greeting that she's pregnant and doesn't want to lose her dad because she's already lost her mum, brother and boyfriend. I was like, she was planning on leaving the boyfriend at the start of the movie. Uh, I, was like, what a piece, I was like, what a piece of work. But then I was like, so... Perhaps she didn't know she was pregnant when they set out to Christmas dinner at the start of the movie because they were in a car alive driving and they went on this road. Then they had the accident crash and she goes into this weird purgatory world where she's like kind of coasting through everybody getting killed and she heard the information outside from the hospital bed of the doctor saying, oh, she's pregnant. Uh And then that's how she actually just learned it as this kind of dream transpired because as we find out, Things like um, the collector's car is, is inside the dream and it's part uh-huh. of the real world. The doctor that's looking after her is called Dr. Marcotte, which is a sign they kept seeing, thinking it was a town that they were uh-huh. trying to reach. So that was transparent in the dream. So I think, maybe they didn't even mean it, but I think that she didn't know she was pregnant when she was going to dump the boyfriend, but she found out through the coma outside real world coming right. into her inside that dream. I was talking about the reveal after that, after the credits start rolling. That it's like two seconds in it the guys are cleaning up the crash oh, oh yeah and they then they could have the brought something from so the dad's the doing it it's like oh if we ever make it out of here I'm going to make a list of things I want to do and one of the rights be a, a good, good grandfather. grandfather so it then makes you think if that's in real life then everything that's happened after the crash like the roads and the women attacking them and each of them dying did actually happen yeah that's what that last kind of scene He didn't suggests. find out he was going by a grandfather until that. So I, I did think, right, they're all dead. Okay, right, she's in a coma. Blah, blah, blah. That's fine. That then makes sense. But now they've put it that the dad did find out he was going by a grandfather. So all that did happen, which then just rubbishes it all because yeah. it now makes zero sense. <laughs> it really doesn't make <laughs> any sense. And that's basically what I've got on this. Like I remember both the movies we discussed today completely differently and I've come out of it with different favourites yeah. I remember back on Dead End thinking it's brilliant very good nostalgic memories of it and remember thinking in fear it was alright on second watches for this episode Dead End's a pile of shit it's so it's very juvenile and maybe like 13 year old me loved it because uh, of all the yeah. boobs and wanking and, and all that shit maybe I don't know <laughs> um, and and but in, and I came out thinking in fear is absolutely fantastic it I remember Dead End being so much better it definitely drags through the entire second half but I've seen other than the car and the name that Marcotte coming out is through the coma world is is trying to be a good twist. That's the part that I remember me thinking of a good ending, but there's nothing good in the story. I remember it being a lot more clever than it actually was. There's so much more questions when you look at it kind of critically, and I just still don't understand why everybody's so sexually charged. Why does the whole affair storyline matter? Why does the woman and the baby have more awareness over the accident rather than being part of it herself? Yeah. Why was this movie made? Uh, that's a question asked. 
the other question I asked was I shouted Lena in I was like Scott said this was really fun <laughs> I remember it being good <laughs> no part of me has found this fun although saying that in fear had a distinct lack of boobs and wanking no, that's true for me and I wish it had more, more boobs and wanking, wanking boobs yeah. yeah but there was a couple of bums a couple but no yeah. not, not enough not enough not enough my ass man <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, in fear was definitely way way better way better way yeah. better, better story way better filmed way better executed dead yeah. end hit a dead end oh yes what would you give it I gave it uh, I'm giving it three forest wanks out of ten go give it I want to give it three but I don't want to copy you I, don't I was going to give it five and I realised that was a stupid <laughs> number and I had to drop it down there I cannot be a middle of the road I don't want I don't want to be as heavy as a two on it because it's not it's not a two so it's yeah still, it's still a three it's still a movie that you know fuck it right, anyway I'll go four uh, also because we're now all talking about roads the roads recently if you're from Glasgow or Lanarkshire the roads have been fucking terrible if you've got me on Facebook you know how I feel about the roads there's just roadworks traffic everywhere so I've started playing games on my way into work because my usual 15 minute journey to work takes me like an hour and today I finally won one of my games as a roundabout for 80% of my week I'll actually drive through it the other 20% is when a day where I'll be like oh fuck it I'll try a different way then take an hour and a half and I'll come back to that road and then a few days later I'll forget again so it's near a UPS depot and at the same time every day because I'm always fucking there at 9 o'clock in the morning the UPS delivery vans all come out on convoy and my game was like it'd be fucking hilarious if somebody was like a marketing guy who was standing somewhere with a photo wanting to get them all come out in the morning convoy obviously it's not going to happen because why would they film it in energy but my my game is to get in between them like just when one passes to get out into the other one just so and theoretically if anybody was taking a photo my big camper van would be in the <laughs> middle and I'd just be like yes I fucking won today I won and I never realised just how much this game meant to me until <laughs> today and I won and then I've had a fucking brilliant day and I'm now worried that if I play it again tomorrow if I don't win I'm now going to be really really depressed it's became quite a serious life changing game it's quite an intense um, psychological condition you're creating for yourself which but it was brilliant to see today, honestly. <laughs> I, I I went into work and John's like, what are you smelling at? I was like, I won. <laughs> was, I won my game. I get in between the UPS fan. He's like, you do realise nobody would actually be taking photos. I'm like, what's the fucking matter? <laughs> UPS are a global company. They obviously set out all the delivery vans must leave at the same time so they go out as if, bof, 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 here's all the guys going out to the job. Our delivery men are all, they're, they're just, it's like a military operation. Ah, not today. <laughs> Fucking camper van gets in the middle of it and fucks it up. They only need to fix those roadworks, man, finish them. <laughs> so, oh, what I'm saying now to you is do me a favour. Um, Next yeah. time you see UPS fans and Convoy, or if you're listening, just get in the middle of them. Just fuck things up. There might be some guy standing at the side of the motorway going to do like a big marketing brochure. He just gets that one photo of them coming over the crest of the hill and bang, you're right in the middle of it. Fucks it right up. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. You are, you, yeah, are, you are. It sounds like you are losing your mind. I can't handle it. Just please fix the roads. I just, it's fucking infuriating. <laughs> and it doesn't help that then this episode is all about roads and that's all I could fucking think about. I hate you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I hate you, though. Thanks very much for my present. No problem at all. 
before. You might if you if you follow me on Facebook, well, more than like Instagram, you'll see that I'm trying a new venture. The new venture is uh, hot sauces, and I'm going to maybe sell them. So Liam now has a test batch of my special sauce, and it's in a very nice presentation bottle. Yeah. Scott has genuinely handed me it before we recorded with an envelope with my name on it, which is unopened, and. Is it just called St Scotty's Unholy Hot Sauce? That's what the brand name is potentially going to be. But what's the name of this one? You'll find out when you read the letter. Right, okay. So, as an exclusive, since we don't have a conspiracy thing, because haunted roads oh, shit. Don't, fed yeah, up <laughs> don't really exist, and I am losing my mind with traffic and people that can't control traffic lights and construction workers, and I fucking hate them all. So, let's see my letter to Scott. Is that in cream paper? That's kind of recycled paper. That is very classy and fancy. Oh, very like that. In the top right-hand corner, there is a pentagram. It says, St. Scotty's Unholy Hot Sauce. Hello there, friend. You're reading this letter because you've been elected... Nope. <laughs> because you've been selected to be part of the research and development team for the brand new hot sauce company, St. Scotty's Unholy Hot Sauce, name subject to refinement. Should I read the name out then? Huh? Huh? The original test batch is a working title of The Devil's Come, which sounds fucking <laughs> grotesque. Ingredients are as follows. Do you want me to read the ingredients out or will uh, I keep it a sauce secret? Oh no, yeah, keep it out. Just say a whole bunch of... Uh, I've never even heard of half these things. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one. Onion? <laughs> Onions? <laughs> Onions. <laughs> There's a lot of chilies. This test batch will most likely be far from an official first product and I am aware that the devil's cum is a very thin sauce. <laughs> As it would be. Test batch should be judged on heat and flavour. I'm currently refining my recipe to work on sauce consistency. I'm researching stabilisers and thickening agents for future recipes to achieve more viscosity. You shouldn't use the word viscosity but it's to do with cum. And a government approved best before date. Your test batches will last approximately six months if stored in the refrigerator. The feedback I'm looking for is a general review. I actually thought you were going to say the feedback I'm looking for is positive. <laughs> <laughs> this is a starting point and all constructive criticism will be welcomed. Question to answer. How is the taste of the devil's cum? How is the heat level of the devil's cum? How is the consistency of the devil's cum? On what foodstuffs can you envision yourself enjoying the devil's cum? <laughs> How much would you be willing to pay or think is reasonable price for a 100ml bottle? Of the devil's come, <laughs> and would you recommend St Scotty's Unholy Hot Sauce to friends or family? Thank you for your time. Yours sincerely, Scott Henley, the CEO. Right, I'm actually just going to taste it <laughs> on my finger. Is it hot? It's hot, yeah. But watch, because it is it is thin, and it will. I don't know how these wee lids work. I've not tested the bottles, so that's happening there. Just tip it in your mouth. Tip it with fuck all. I just do that. Quite a nice flavour. Mm. <laughs> a wee bit of heat, yeah. A wee bit of heat, eh? Good, good. It's hot. <laughs> it is hot. Good. But it's actually quite tasty. There you go. There you I go. Can yeah. definitely taste the onions. <laughs> There's loads of onions in there. Well, I lie. I did think. Am I going to take enough? Am I going red? Uh, not not any red. Not any red than usual. I think that's alcoholism. It's actually really tasty. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here first from. Um, I mean, told my can. From Liam, <laughs> uh, there is a there is a decent bit of heat in in that. But what uh, taking us forward, I'm definitely going to be ordering. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
Oh. I'm going to be ordering in like uh, ghost uh, chilies and uh, chili extracts, so my my proper batches will be hotter than that. Do you know what that would be fucking lovely on? Just like a big portion. Just chips. Huh? Just fucking chips and maybe milk. <laughs> a glass of milk. There you go. If well, that's really dry and it makes it so <laughs> If you're interested in hot sauce, then please um, get in touch with us at uh, Scotland University Evil because I will see it and I will tell you how much you can pay me for a bottle of hot sauce because I don't want to do my job anymore. I want to do something else and I want to be the face of St. Scotty's Unholy Hot Sauce. You want to be uh, the face on the Devil's Cum? Yeah. Well, obviously, the Devil's Cum on I don't think face. I don't think Tesco will uh, buy a batch of the Devil's Cum to sell on the shelves, but certainly I can sell it through a website. Other, but see, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. If I want to um, get a Tesco... Um, uh, contract I may just need to shorten it to like St Scotty's hot sauce or something like that no, sitting next to Frank's because you said it was thin it doesn't actually look that thin uh, maybe it's like... not as thin as, as I thought it was um, we should put up a photo of the bottle because it's a really nice bottle hmm. I like that my lips are on fucking fire but... <laughs> oh my god um, so anyways you can get in touch with us uh, send us emails um, send in your orders for uh, future hot sauces to scotlandliamversuseevil at hotmail.com get us on Facebook search scotlandliamversuseevil there's a page and uh, a group and you can get us on Twitter at scotlandliamversus and get us on Instagram where we are got scotlandliamversuseevil at scotlandliamversuseevil but you can also get us at Liam Hellcat and at Scott versus Evil. Scott underscore versus underscore evil I think and Interaction recently in the group on Facebook has been pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Post post all your shit. Post your trailers for new movies. Post your ridiculous um, satanic stories and and Snapchat know. things. Because last Friday was it last Friday or the Friday before the John Bonet Ramsey conversation? Yeah, I I was in fucking stitches. I genuinely found that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't doing anything. It was my Friday night, which says a lot about me now. But that was brilliant, and I want more of that. So fucking keep. Yeah. Keep being Keep hilarious. Interact with us. Oh my god, man. <laughs> oh. Uh, why don't we try a competition when we shot it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've tasted it before and um, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs>